This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am so glad that you have journeyed with us in this conversation, but also in emails that I've received from listeners and just uh, vocal conversations with listeners. I've learned that a lot of people are applying these principles and actually doing things in their neighborhoods to make for a better world. And some of what some of the listeners are doing is really creative. And uh, I'd like to welcome back in this three-part series, we're in episode two of uh, How to Create a Just World for Refugees. And I want to welcome back Soela Zadi. Hi, thank you. And I work a lot with with her uh, throughout the week. She helps refugees uh, here in the Portland area, and I help homeless. And it all kind of goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. a lot of times. So I get a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls that's got your name attached to them. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Uh, it, You know, and for me, sometimes I can be a little edgy with people because, you know, you deal with broken person after broken person after broken person, but you just seem to just keep bubbling and smiling. (laughs) Sometimes I'm just to the point with people if I'm tired enough. And most of the time I'm very friendly, but you just seem to just keep on smiling. Well, there's a reason for that, you know? Yes. Tell us your secret. (laughs) It's because I'm a woman and Mm -hmm. I was told to, um, you know, keep the, you know, status and you know just uh, be friendly otherwise you're gonna look masculine and you're a white person (laughs) yes that is true you can actually have emotions (laughs) you know you were saying in the last episode how you're conditioned by your upbringing you know so Mm -hmm. you're you're tough you just make your way around the car and the road so Mm -hmm. to speak um, that's an interesting point because, okay, let's say a car's broken down on the freeway blocking traffic and you're navigating around and I'm complaining and yelling the whole time, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm tailgating people like, let's just get around this thing. Yeah. So right. that's interesting. But yeah, you, you have a good point in that. So it, culture plays into how you approach something, mm-hmm. uh, gender, all those things. So, all of that. Yeah, but you are very much appreciated. Well, and thank you. So for listeners, you. today we're going to get deeper into the uh, questions of refugees. And we're going to focus more on refugees and asylum seekers and how uh, what they were dealing with before coming to, for example, the United States or England or wherever they ended up. And what, you know, the process they're going through, what's going through their mind, what are they dealing with, how do they get settled in, but... If you could define something for us, so we're talking about two different groups of people, refugees and asylum seekers. What's the difference? Sure. I'll do my best (laughs) to (laughs) define them. You know, um, 
Asylum seekers are the people who are traveling from one place to another place to seek asylum. <laughs> okay. Um, so a place to belong, mm-hmm. a place that would officially accept them as a refugee. But a refugee already is assigned to a place. So, okay. and in quotes, their next home. So does every refugee have to be an asylum seeker first? Um, uh, not really, no. Okay. No, but but there were, uh, well, it depends. Um, so many, yes, many mm. of the families that you and I working mm. together with, they were asylum seekers. We have families who, like that family, you know, like for 20 years, mm. they were in another country seeking asylum, waiting Right. to be matched to a place. Okay. Um, and after 20 years, they were matched to the U.S. and they were granted the status of yeah. a refugee. Uh, I'm just asking to understand for listeners' sakes, but would a refugee be somebody maybe right at the beginning they were forced out by their homeland and maybe an asylum seeker wasn't forced out by the homeland, but they left because of intense pressure to live uh, and they would have died if they would have stayed or, or well, both. Yeah, both. both. Okay. So, so many asylum seekers were displaced and um, misplaced um, because of war, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you an example of it. You know, when the fall of Afghanistan happened, mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. sent um, a few airplanes and packed up as many people as they could, yeah, right? And right. and brought them here. They were um, in camps for some months until they were granted the status of refugees. Versus so many couldn't get into those um, airplanes and they had to go in a, a year-long journey to come to the U.S. Yeah. And now they're asylum seekers. So in the past year, they were asylum seekers. They will be asylum seekers until they were given a paper that says, you know, you're a refugee. Okay. Therefore, yeah, you can get the refugee cash assistance, you know, et cetera. Okay. Yes, I see. And so, uh, yeah. And feel free to share a lot of stories in this episode. Sure. N- we won't name names, but you know, I, just to give people an example of what's being dealt with, you know, one woman, uh, from, uh, and family from Ukraine was buried under rubble, uh, for a week before making it to the United States. Their house was bombed and she, they were buried under rubble for a week. They come here. So once you see them arriving, yeah. Uh, they may have spent the previous week under, buried under exactly. their house. Uh, we've got one family that shared that uh, while they were in Ukraine, they lived right on the Russian border, and every 15 minutes, bombs were dropping around their house. So we come here. Right. Uh, you don't know what people ha- have been dealing with. Well, and uh, yeah, that's 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 right. And and um, you know, so much trauma because majority of people they were forced to go out. They didn't want to leave. Yes. Something happened that forced them either war or, um, you know, um, domestic violence, etc. So they were forced, and it's not a pleasant, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, feeling. Right. Right. To force to 
go somewhere else, mm -hmm. learn a different language, yeah. learn a different culture, and, and so much trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I, I meet with these families, which I do very, very often throughout the week, one of the things I make sure I always tell them is like, I know that you went through this unpleasant situation, but I am happy that you're here and welcome. I always tell them, welcome to America. Yeah. yeah. Welcome yes. to America. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here, you know, just to let them know. And I think that's the first step of social justice towards refugees is just to give them a new story in their life, not a story of war, not a story of trauma, but a story that says, I'm glad you exist. That's, yeah. yeah. And I have noticed um, you telling them that, uh, which is much appreciated. And the smile that you see on their faces yeah. is mm -hmm. priceless, yes. right? It is. Well, I'm going to tear up, so I got to focus <laughs> on my notes here. <laughs> so um, before asylum seekers, refugees, uh, folks who are forced out of their homelands, what are they dealing with? I'm going to try to progress through their journey in the United States. What are they dealing with before they even get here? Well, there's not one single narrative. Yeah. So every um, individual is different. So, but, but what is common between all of them is they're escaping for safety. Um, so, um, and, and the other one is um, they've gone through lots of trauma. And the other one is that they're, they're seeking safety. Mm -hmm. um, so these three, I would say, are, you know, the most common, you know, factors. Um, but every individual has a different narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, lots of poverty could be the narrative, uh, brokenness, loss of home, loss of property. Uh, of course, that's a... In Ukraine, that's a very common narrative is the loss of the home property, loss yeah. of a job. Um, and then, you know, we've the Taliban is not afraid to go into the international airport and Kabul and gun down the yeah. the man in front of his family. Yeah. Trying I mean, to come to the United States. Right. And yeah. if you're a woman, you know, now nowadays, if you're an Afghan woman, you cannot actually go to a park. Can you believe it? Even to a if park? you're just park. Oh, park. Oh, like a city park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got like you. even if you're completely covered, you have to be accompanied by a male. Oh wow. Relative and not 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 your cousin. It has to be your father, your brother, or your husband. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. sad. Yeah. So they're coming here traumatized. Absolutely. Totally and that's that's one of the reasons that you can see me having that smile on because our organization, we are trauma-informed. You yes. know, our approach is very trauma-informed, knowing that these guys have gone through so much trauma. Yeah. But side note, we pick up their trauma as we work with them. Yes. You know, I have my meltdowns, but not in front of them. Yes, same <laughs> with home. me, yeah. Go home and have my meltdown. <laughs> right. And my friends sometimes, why are you not answering your phone? Because I'm ignoring you. That's <laughs> right. why. <laughs> yeah, and moment. I have the yes. right to do yes. that, you know, because exactly. I need that mental space to decompress. You yes, know? yep, exactly. And that's a good point. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast, what to do when you get burnt out <laughs> and you just, uh, all that emotional weight. Now, you know, 
as we walk down the sidewalk, as we drive in our cars, we have things going through our mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe we had an argument with our spouse. One of our kids is in trouble with something or, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, I can't quite make the car payment this month, whatever. But the refugees and asylum seekers, they come here, they're walking down the sidewalk, say here in Portland, whatever. What's going through their mind, especially as they first get here? Yeah. Um, and again, what's common is that um, dealing with the unknown, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to happen yeah. in one hour. Mm. My family could get bombed back home, um, you know, because you've seen it happen, you know, mm. and, yeah. and, and so you're like, you don't know what's going to happen in one minute mm-hmm. and, and, and having to worry all the time about, you know, everything, not only you adjusting to a new environment, but also what's happening to everyone back home. Yeah. Because one thing that happens, which is very common with immigrants, regardless of their immigration status, is that there's a point that you romanticize home. You know, you keep thinking about home. It could be a very terrible home, but but to you, it was home. Right. Mm -hmm. And you start thinking only about the positive parts of it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, I was making a joke with a friend who's from another country the other day. And I says, why is it that everybody from your country thinks your country is the best, but they keep coming here? So <laughs> they laughed about that. Oh, yes. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's so true. Uh, and all these things. Yeah. Th- and I didn't even think, you know, they're thinking about, is there a bomb falling on my family's? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And the anxiety of it, you and know. Of course, we know uh, an individual who's stressed out about the financial needs of their family. Back oh, yeah. Home. And so. Yeah. Because there is no job back home because of war, you know. Yeah. People, poverty. Yeah. To know that you have something to eat here, but your immediate families. So we have clients with eight kids. Eight kids are back home, yeah. and he's the only one who survived and came here. And thinking, oh, are my kids gonna have any food wow. to eat today? Wow. You know, that's just too much. Yeah. So we need to make sure we love on these people extra oh, if they extra. come into our neighborhoods. Yes. Extra. Extra, extra. Yes. <laughs> so this this is one where you know, when you're involved in a particular culture. For example, the American culture, there are so many things you assume. Mm -hmm. Now, in our next episode, we hope you join us for episode three. We're going to share hilarious stories uh, from immigrants and refugees once they get to America that the things we assume they have no clue about (laughs) and some of those. But on the serious note in this episode, what are the things that people need to learn once they get here? How to navigate a new system whether they are in the UK or in the US or Australia, I don't know, whatever. Mm. Uh, There is a system that you have to learn, you know, it's the, um, you know, and and the system is like, includes everything. And there's a culture that is attached to it. Mm. And you as an individual and most likely a person of color and someone who's displaced, how do you, center yourself within that system and how do you navigate that it's just yeah yeah Yeah. and you know language yeah i think english must be one of the toughest languages i mean the the rules are inconsistent 
<laughs> we don't just add certain endings to words to change the tense of the word, but we it's a whole different word. Right. We even change the tense. So there's incredible amount of things to understand uh, with the with the language, but you know, money exchange. Mm. How does the dollar work? What is a quarter? What's a right. dime? So I had to I've been teaching a, a person from Vietnam mm. uh, English. So I was to try and show them. You know, this is a penny. This is Nicholas dime. This is what it does. You know, but I, I had to really think about how do I teach them this because I just is so automatic. You know, right? So, yeah, yeah. Things that you don't know, you know. You know. Yeah, exactly. But also. You are always learning, not as, you know, uh, human beings are yeah, like that, but right. especially as an immigrant, you are always refugee, etc. You are always learning, whether it be language, culture. You know, I'm still, when, when, when they say, you know, during March, I still have to count. I still have to, you know, open my calendar after 20 years to say, uh, see, oh, March is three. You know, oh. because because even even with writing the dates, ours is swiped, so it's it's the yeah. other way around. So it's just you're always learning. It doesn't oh, matter wow. how old you are. Yeah, interesting. And fortunately, there's organizations like yours that helps with those yes. things. We yes. make it. Uh, we make their journey of learning shorter, mm -hmm. but they have to do their homework too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> now let. So that we can understand how we can help refugees and asylum seekers who come in our neighborhood, what's the process like for them? So from the time that they leave their home to the time that they actually arrive here, what's the process look like? So the process could have taken, you know, anywhere between, if they were lucky, <clears throat> anywhere between a few months to many years. So it could have been taken three months being in the camp and or 20 years. Wow. Um, or even more. Um, and, and, and then once they're in this new place again, everything, they have to start everything over again. Mm -hmm. So we have clients who were like in Turkey for many years, you know, you know, mm -hmm. a few of them, right. Yeah. And, and, so that person knew Turkish really well because she needed to work there. So yeah. she succeeded, but then she was matched to come here and then she's going to learn, she's going to have to learn another language oh, wow. and another sets of skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you do that? It's just, it's not easy, especially once you're older, Yes. you exactly. know, once you're younger and, and, um, you know, picking up skills are easier, but it gets harder and harder. And you're trying to learn all this while wondering if your family's back home is going to eat or get bombed. So you're exactly trying to learn all this and the muddiness. Exactly. Or we have, we have, um, you know, we have clients that actually are not in touch with their family because the family, their immediate family were the ones who were abusing them. And so, not having anyone is also something oh, that is yeah. like very traumatic, right? Mm -hmm. Because we human beings want to belong, want to yeah. connect. And so when you have a hard day, who do you want to talk to? If your mom is not present, your dad. Your wow. Friend. Yeah. Wow. 
Um, so we've got these individuals and these families coming into my neighborhood. How can I be a person of justice and charity to them? Yeah. Again, um, don't have assumptions. Mm-hmm. Ask them questions. Make them feel welcomed. However you feel like you might be feel, you know, anyone else does to you to make you feel welcome, do that for mm-hmm. them. Considering their cultural, you know, restrictions and boundaries. Um, don't have assumptions at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what they've gone through. Um, know that there are so many things that they don't know and they ought to learn, but give them that time. Yeah. Okay. To learn that, you know, don't come to a conclusion quickly that these people from this area are this way. Um, they don't know. Yeah. They don't know, you know, mm-hmm. and just allow people to make mistakes. And, you know, and if you end up being that friend who can feel comfortable to correct them do it in a very positive manner mm-hmm. and then allow them to make multiple mistakes mm-hmm. again that might be good for employers who are listening mm-hmm. to hear employ refugees they are in desperate need and allow them to make mistakes on the job of course we don't want safety issues but right. at the same time allow them to make mistakes just because Keep in mind, they know nothing right. that we know here. Right. Yeah. Or, for example, if you're in the grocery store, somebody in front of you looks like that person is from another country, and you see them doing things that wouldn't necessarily be okay mm-hmm. in our culture, in American culture, yeah. <clears throat> just, just give them the benefit of a doubt, you know, that this person maybe never came to ever learn that mm-hmm. and give them time to learn. Okay. So I've got a two-sided question then. First of all, how do I connect them to resources? The second question will be, what if resources don't exist in my area? So first of all, how do I connect them to resources for maybe housing, food, jobs, language assistance, all that? Right. Um, good question. But before answering that, mm-hmm. I want to say that don't act like their savior because you're not okay. their savior. <laughs> okay. okay. Allow that exchange so that you don't become that hero and they're the victim. So are you saying I might be able to learn from them? Of course. Like what? How's like that? like everything and anything, you know? Mm-hmm. We have women who come here and, and uh, there are people who are like, oh, we need to uh, give them classes on how to manage, um, you know, budgeting, budgeting. And I'm like, no, a woman who comes from poverty knows that better than anybody else, you <laughs> yeah, know? True. So you yeah. better sit down and learn that from them, you know? <laughs> yes. And so don't come from that perspective that I'm here to help you and save you versus we're here to be friends mm-hmm. and exchange there's a culture that you you have the benefit of you know having to taste their food you know okay. look at colors you know language and language is like a window to a culture yeah so you have that opportunity 
we are a friend. That's interesting. So yeah, just to emphasize that point to listeners is that, uh, yeah, okay. So an equal exchange of where, yes, I'm helping them get integrated here, but they're also teaching me. Like you said, if they came from poverty, teaching me budgeting, maybe how to make clothes or how to make certain foods or teaching me, you know, like, you know, there are people from Afghanistan who were accountants Oh, yeah. In Afghanistan before being ousted by the war. Yeah. So maybe they can teach you how to crunch the numbers and stuff and oh, those yeah. kinds of things. We yeah. have doctors, lawyers, engineers, yeah. women and men, you know. Yes. And so, yeah, make it an equal exchange between you and the refugee family or individual. Okay. So let's say they need connected resources, <laughs> housing. Food, whatever, once they get here, how do I do that? I would say look up the first um, closest look, uh, food pantry to them. Because anything, you know, um, getting on the bus and, you know, all of that is like um, um, another barrier, you know, okay. for them. So help them find a job that is near them. Okay. Um, closest food pantry. Um, get them to a DHS office and, you know, have them sign up for um, a health plan. Mm-hmm. More likely their caseworkers do that. Okay. But go to their house. If there's something that you feel like they might need, ask them before you provide them because we have volunteers who went on, did so much work to provide, you know, couches and all of that. And then a week after... All of that was gone because this woman didn't grow up with having a couch in the house. Ah. She's actually okay without it. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so ask them. Give them the agency, you know? Okay. They're getting that they, exchange. They, they yeah. do have agency. Yeah. They're, they're human beings. Yeah. So. Yeah, that equal exchange you exactly. talked about. Now, what if I live in an area where there's not much resources, but they're there? How... What can I do? You are the resource. <laughs> yeah, and there is a, a gentleman uh, whose wife died, uh, and he lives here in Oregon, and he called me one day, and he said, hey, look, I've got this house out in the country, big house, uh, immigrant family could fit in my house, and there's animals they could tend to, there's plenty of food, they could help on the farm while they get established. So There you go, you yeah. answered your yeah, so there you go. Yes, I'm awesome that way. No. You are. <laughs> yeah. Any final words as we close out this episode that you want to add? What is that quote that says, um, we are not free unless all of us are free? Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Yeah, very good. I love that. So yeah. having, again, that that freedom... The freedom to make mistakes, even the freedom Mm -hmm. to blossom, the freedom to figure it out. And then just again, that love and welcome Mm -hmm. because we our brothers and sisters are hurting when they come here. Yeah. Yes. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Soela, for joining us. Soela Azadi, our special guest here as we talk about immigration, uh, refugees, asylum seekers, people who are coming to a to them, a foreign land, trying to figure it all out. But as they come into your neighborhood, I encourage you to use these tools that we've given you today and to use those tools to create a just and charitable society right where you are. 
You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.